Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, Does Your Family Inspire You? We talk to Lizzie and Wendy Molyneux, head writers and creators of the animated show The Great North, and wonder, does teenage angst make for good comedy? Plus, Biz doesn't miss lunch. Woo! Man, <laughs> it's early. It's like in the sixes still, and I'm going to work because I'm an elementary school principal. Here's the funny thing. I woke up 18 minutes ago, and I just got in the car, and here I go. That's the kind of week I've been having. But you know what? There are only 25 days left of school here in Colorado, and we're going to make it. We are going to make it. Teachers, you're going to make it. Principals, you're going to make it. Parents, you are going to make it through the school year. We're going to do it, and it's going to be okay. So hang in there, everybody. I'm really tired. That's my check-in. Okay, have a great day. And Biz and Teresa, I love you. You have <laughs> you saved me this year. So that's good. That's really good. Good job. You are doing a great job. Bye. I like that the compliment of saving you has the sound that I am known to make. It, it sounds a little like madness. It's like the like that laughter of like, and and here we go, any minute, imminent breakdown, uh, which I think is an appropriate place for, for all the listeners of One Bad Mother and Teresa and I at this point in time. You are doing an amazing job, principal, spelled with a P-A-L, because you are my pal. I like that you said it's the sixes. I don't know if that means the time, like you're still in the 6 a.m. sixes or the weather. Like, you live somewhere where it is in the six-degree, like, area. That's, both of those things could be true. I like to know that principals are human, because I don't think you are. I think you're amazing that you just get up and get in a car. (laughs) That makes me happy to know. And you are right. You are going to get through these last 25 days of school. And the teachers are going to get through it. And the parents, something's going to happen to parents. I don't know. Maybe they'll get through it. Maybe, maybe they'll just tell their kids that school lasts forever now. And they just put them in a car and drive them around for a while. I don't know. We're going to find out. This is a brave new world that we live in. But I do know that what I am always able to do is say, thank you. Thank you to you specifically for being a principal. And that's going to lead us right in to all of the thank yous that I love to do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all the principals, all the principals. Some of you guys have been leading in person, some of you remotely, some of you like have finally gotten settled into the routine of remote and then ta-da, you get to open school again. Woo! (laughs) My oldest went back to school and they're doing most of school outside but just for fun their teacher took the class up to the old classroom everything on the wall was from march 2020 it was like a time capsule it was all the projects that they had been working on it was oh it was crazy 
cat was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. So I know that for a lot of you who work in schools, that's what you're walking into. You are walking into a time capsule and that's going to bring up the feelings. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, principals. Thank you, school administrators. Thank you, PTAs. Thank you, parents, for putting in all the effort that it requires to make school work and happen. Thank you to the medical industry. As always, we see you. Doctors, nurses, EMTs, you're all remarkable. All of the different equipment specialists, you guys are amazing. All of the people who work in from data management to reception to admissions to, I don't know, the people who help keep the hospitals clean and running, maintenance, all of you, you guys are the core of how we have survived the pandemic and are still surviving the pandemic. So I know you're fucking tired. I just hope you don't feel unappreciated because you really, really are appreciated. Thank you, people sticking us with vaccines. Thank you to the people who made the vaccines. Thank you to the people who volunteered to be part of the vaccine trials. I mean, thanks for doing that. Thank you to the people who administer the vaccines to us. Thank you to all the people who like deal with the paperwork and the lists and the signups and making sure we know when we're supposed to come back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, essential workers, which you know who you are at this point in time. You are still working in the grocery store because we couldn't just shut those down. Thank you to all the people who are making sure those grocery stores are stocked and that we are able to get the things that we need, that the people who are stocking the shelves, the people who are unloading the trucks, the people who are farming and making and producing these things. Thank you so much. Thank you to the school bus drivers who are back. Toot, toot. Thank you. Thank you to the postal service, the mailman, the Amazon deliverers, the UPS, the FedEx, all delivery services. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And most of all, thank you to everybody who is getting vaccinated if you can. Because there are certainly people who aren't able to due to autoimmune issues and a variety of other medical issues. And it really is important that the rest of us get poked to support those people. So thank you so much. Now, how am I? Here is my check-in. So this is week two of the kids being back in some sort of school, some remote, three days in person. I I don't miss making lunch, guys. Like, it was such a surprise to me. Like, the day before they went back to school that I had to pack lunches. For many years, I have packed lunches every single day of the school week. And, you know, over the pandemic, that just, that just stopped. I had become a person who could do the big grocery store run once every three weeks, you know, fresh fruit. If we can get out to get it, great. But, you know, we move on. I'm not doing a million store runs. I don't miss making lunch. 
it came as such a surprise that I was going to have to pack lunches again, like multiple days, not just once, but every day that my kids were going to go to school, I was going to have to pack a lunch. And I had been really enjoying this past year of not doing that, of not like thinking about what needs to go into a lunch when I go to the grocery store and what has counted as lunch in this house during the pandemic (laughs) has been wide and varied. And I am pretty sure sending my kid to school with three slices of white bread and some gummies, which has been a normal lunch around here. They're fruit flavored gummies. It's like fruit. It's not balanced enough to get those kids through school without having massive emotional breakdowns throughout the day. So that's again, another routine, another unused muscle. I gotta, I gotta start working out again. Uh, but I will tell you, I would have loved to have gone to school with three slices of white bread as my lunch, even though I am sure I would have been teased mercilessly. But I think that ties in nicely to who we are talking to today. Teenage angst, the trials and tribulations of our youth can sometimes make for some seriously great comedy. And we are going to be talking to Lizzie and Wendy Molyneux, who are the head writers and creators of the animated show, The Great North. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are talking to Lizzie and Wendy Molyneux. They are the creators, showrunners, and executive producers of The Great North on Fox, which is currently airing its first season and has been renewed for a second. In addition, Lizzie and Wendy are writers and executive producers of the long-running hit series Bob's Burgers on Fox, for which they won an Emmy Award in 2017 and have been nominated for an Emmy for eight consecutive years. They have also been nominated for three WGA awards and won the Annie Award in 2017 for their episode, The Harmoniums. (laughs) On the feature side, they recently adapted the novel, The People We Hate at the Wedding for Film Nation, which is slated to begin filming soon with Allison Jenny, Ben Platt, and Annie Murphy attached to star and I'm really excited about this announcement. They have just, it has just been announced that they are going to be the writers on Marvel's upcoming Deadpool movie. I just, we could derail on that 100% and just talk on that. Welcome, Lizzie and Wendy. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad that they, that you got our entire I, professional I bio set to you <laughs> yes, and then read I'm it. So it's sorry. like we should probably log off now. That's yeah, it. That's it. That's all the time we have today. I'm sorry the two of you have been so incredibly successful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we get into questions and discussion, I want to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? And I have a feeling this is gonna be a lot of fun. Wendy, we're gonna start, we're gonna start with you. Wendy, who lives in your house? Um, I live in my house with my spouse, Jeff, with, um, we have four children. 
Our oldest is 10. We have two in the middle, age four and five. And then we have a 20-month-old toddler. I guess a toddler now. I guess that's not a baby anymore. We have three cats and a dog. And I think that's it. So six people, four animals. (laughs) Maybe. Once you get to 10. Yeah, I might have forgot one. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a 10 head count in the house. They can just sneak in and out. Uh, you don't know. Yep. That... You could add a child and we might not notice. So if anyone has a child, they're looking to just like offload. Yeah. Just maybe cu- if we leave a door open, yeah. scuttle That's them fine. in there and see what you have happens. a cat door? It's like a pet door. That works too. Yeah. You know, they just yes. come they in. They can come through the catio. <laughs> the catio. Very have nice. a special patio. So. Lizzie, can, can you top that? <laughs> I can't top it. No, I, can't, I cannot. <laughs> maybe all right. I, maybe if you gave me some time, I could yeah. pick yeah. up the animal shelter and yeah. get get some more children. But for now, okay, I have my husband Matt. I have a thirteen-year-old daughter. I have a two-year-old daughter, and then I have another daughter coming soon this fall. Um, and we have <laughs> like a movie premiering. Yes. Yeah. Premiering on Fox. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. It's, you know, going to be tough to launch a new daughter, you know. There's going to be a yeah. lot of competition, It's like kind of late in the fall to be launching a it daughter. Is. Yeah. A lot of daughters will have hit the air already. Exactly. Right. There's a lot. It's How are you, how is yours going to stand out differently? Well, we're going to put out three <laughs> episodes of yeah. our daughter right away. Oh so you God. can binge, but not everything so that you just burn through it. So yeah. it's like build a little interest, but like you don't, you know. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. do you want to binge watch your kids or spread them out in an episodic right. manner? It's a exactly. good question. I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, and we have two two dogs, and they're they're okay. Once again, guys, we're done. That's about all we yeah, have time we'll for today. Now. <laughs> yeah. All right. After I want to go back to the very impressive bio, and I want to start with what to me is a really obvious question, and that is. How does it feel to be the motherfucking boss? Like, that's what I want to know, because this is super impressive, especially in an industry that, you know, all I could think of is things like, what do you mean a woman wrote that? Like, like, I mean, like, it's just, there's, it's, it's not a friendly place. How does it feel? I, I know this wasn't overnight. I know this is something you guys have worked towards for a long time. So, yeah, Lizzie, do you want to take tell me a little bit about, like, the crown you wear or, like, any special <laughs> shoes you wear as a boss? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I will say I think uh, we've definitely – stayed uh you know humble just I think with working at home for the past year of like like I am sitting in my bed right now doing yeah. this like I think you know I think we are really excited about uh all of the projects that we have going on right now but I think you know it's it's been a lot of work so I think that's always been our main focus has been just like you know even when we've we've been on Bob's for over 10 years now and we've always done you know tried to do additional projects while we were there and so I think we're just we like to work and uh it's (laughs) nice to see uh some of that work uh 
come to fruition, but I think no matter what, we just like, we love to write and we like to do different types of writing. And I think it's fun for us, whether things actually uh, end up coming together or not. I think that's always just been our drive. So, and we always had like such a wonderful experience working on Bob's and being able to pursue other things additionally. So I think it's just been, it's been really nice. I guess that's how I would say. It's been nice to be a boss a little bit. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. yeah. Wendy, do you also enjoy being a boss or you're like, no. No, I do enjoy it. I mean, there are times yeah. I think anyone who comes into a position of responsibility will occasionally fantasize about back when they were like, which when you oh. are this feels like a nightmare, but I'll be like, back when I was a temp and didn't have any responsibilities I would just go home and then I would go out with my friends at night which of course you can't right now because of the pandemic but like of course there's a little you know lazy core to myself that is like oh wow I'd really just like to fuck off right now and not do anything but (laughs) it's good to have something to do and you know it is it's like I think actually TV is a really much friendlier place for women now and for women showrunners but it's good to step up and do it even if it is really busy and you you also have four kids to take care of and all of that stuff. I think one thing that I've kind of learned is like, I mean, because we've had, you know, a lot of male bosses. And one thing you learn, I think, that can be a little bit gendered if we're talking about sort of female boss space sure, or whatever is. Fucking gender it can up. just get into it. <laughs> it's like, I think when you have a male boss and he gives a note that with a question mark at the end or says, oh, sorry, but would you mind changing this or something like that? That's seen as like, oh, wow, listen to how inclusive he's being. Listen to him ask asking for opinions. That's so cool. If you do it, it's like, oh, she doesn't know. She yeah. needs help. I'll take over and do it instead or whatever. So I think it's like, yeah. it's actually really good to go in and sort of say, how do I keep, because I think Lizzie and I both strive to hear everyone's idea and everyone's, and then we do have to make the decision. But what's been interesting is like the way that I say it would have to be more like, I would like to hear other people's opinion on this rather than like, do you think this as if, because that will be take, I'm actually really (laughs) fine and confident, but it was very unusual for me to start feeling like, oh, that person misinterpreted that as me not knowing. It's really interesting. It's a really interesting interesting thing to learn. It's an interesting thing to learn. And I think it's good to learn it and to go like, okay, well, I mean, fuck you for thinking sorry or a question mark (laughs) is that. But at the same time, maybe I'll stop doing it a little because I don't feel like carrying your burden for you. You know, like your weird cultural burden of like, I don't, you know, this person doesn't know things. So it's interesting. Because this then leads you to, all right, so tone and wording, right? Like Mm -hmm. how, how women and men have to express things differently. Yeah, Men never seen as weak. In fact, they're probably being like, what do you think, question mark, because somebody has guided them in yeah. this is how you talk, yeah. so that, right? Uh, now, with women, it, you, you, you're like, well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to carry your burden, which I fucking love. But there can be such a backlash on women showing any power, any authority. Yeah. And, you know, so then they just hate you because you're just like the worst, right? So what's that? balance like I mean when I say that I think it's like that those are just like minor things that have happened that are like just things I contemplate as we go it's like oh I need to adjust this because the Lauren Bouchard averse over there between Bob's and Central Park and 
Great North is, I think it's rapidly, rapidly, rapidly diversifying rapidly, like on production side and writing side, like you see so many younger faces, more women, more people of color, you know, it's just, it has changed so much over the last 10 years. So I think they're really, really putting that effort in. So I don't, I definitely don't ever feel like people are like angry <laughs> that we have to oh, write. <laughs> it's more just like those small interpersonal communications where you realize like, okay, when we were, you know, just staff writers or under someone else, you don't have to think about that. And then when you become the boss, you do have to sort of go like, oh, something's off here. What's going on? And then you realize like, oh, this is being perceived that not that I'm asking an opinion, but that I genuinely don't know. And just those Mm. adjustments I think are interesting. I think it'll change over time because the more you have, you know, women in those positions, people other than white dudes in those positions, (laughs) like all those modes of communication. Like if a, if a younger female writer says to me, like, I don't know, I was thinking, and maybe not this, but that I'm like, oh, I know she actually really likes this idea. Cause to yeah. me, I know how she's talking. I speak her language, which is right. like, I'm going to put out three disclaimers and then I'm going to tell you my very <laughs> good idea. But I just want to make sure you don't think I'm being super arrogant. And I'm like, oh, I know what she's saying. And that yeah. I like, I lo- so I think those modes of communication will change. Like all different types of communication will become more present in the workplace. And this is just a period of transition of people trying to understand each other. And I think most people, 99% of people have the best intentions. And if you right. do sort of say, no, this is what I meant. We're in a time now where I think people can listen, good hearted people can listen. So I think it's, it's good. I, I don't know. It's good. Lizzie, sorry. I talked for seven minutes there. <laughs> Gotta go. Log off everybody. Gotta go, guys. That, was That's, it. that was it again. That's it for us guys. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I agree. I think it's, I think for us, I think for me, especially, it's like been a learning process of, I think when you're starting out, you know, especially as a woman, I think you tend to like come in more passively. And as Wendy was saying, you always sort of have disclaimers for things you say, and you don't want to rock the boat too much because, you know, I think you're sort of feel like if you can get your foot in the door, you don't want to lose mm-hmm. that spot because, you know, you don't, it's hard. If you come off really brash as a woman, sometimes, as you're saying, people just react badly to it. But I think for us, it's been finding that shift of, there are times where I think you notice something. And as <laughs> women, we sort of have trained our brains to like make every excuse for the person that maybe is treating us a certain way or <laughs> reacting to us a certain way. <laughs> Yeah, sure. maybe their intention isn't terrible, but there is a gendered reason behind the way that sometimes yeah. men react to women and and true like retraining yourself to say like no, I'm not crazy. I'm, this is really happening and I need to just <laughs> yeah. be like I need to be more assertive and like it's you know, it's I think I don't, you know, I can't speak to this 100%, but I think when men come into power, like positions of power, it's like they're comfortable in it, they're confident in it, and everyone else sort of falls into place around that and is also confident in it. But I think when you're a woman, sometimes people don't react the same way. They're not just going to be like, this is the boss, I'm going to sit back and listen. So you have to just push that a little bit more. And I think, you know, I think for us, it's just been a little bit of a learning process, but I think it's good. And I think that it's, you know, as more women come into the industry and are in these positions, like hopefully that training process will like have to be less for younger people coming in. Now they'll get Oof. that sort of yeah. respect reaction sooner. So I think, you know, it's all part of this 
growth. Hopefully that's happening. Yay. Well, speaking of growth, uh, you're pregnant. So like right there and you guys have, <laughs> speaking of growth, do you like that? I love that. Mm-hmm. It's a great segue. So, yeah. But thank you. I am the queen of segues. It's my special <laughs> gift. All right. So the two of you have a lot of kids in your house. Okay. Of varying ages. You also have very young kids in your house, which is its own special sort of hell. I mean, it's nice, but it's, I mean, yeah, it's a little A and it's a lot of B. Yeah. Okay. And all the time. So we just had this great little conversation about being bosses and being women and adjusting language and cultural expectations. But I mean, women do get shit for having children. So... How does that come into play? Has it come into play? Have you found any struggles with that? Or have you just like walked right through it? Like, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to leave this to Lizzie, who is the one currently making a person. (laughs) I mean, gosh, it's hard. I think there's a struggle like for any woman who's working, no matter what, that's the sort of guilt you feel in working in general. I think it's like, it's just sort of built in. Not that I think women should feel guilty about working no, at all, but, but it's yeah, sort of but... like, it's part of, it's, it's hard to like leave your kids for the first time when you go back yeah. to work. And it's, so I think there's always going to be that challenge. I, I think for us, it's, or for myself, it's just, it's trying to figure out how to draw boundaries of like, I need to work this many hours, but I also need to set aside time to, to spend with my kids and to also feel like that's a justified and reasonable thing to do. And mm-hmm. I think the more that women can do that and put that, that energy out and say like, there, the, this has to exist that I think the better, cause I think that we've seen that with the pandemic, right? Like a lot of people didn't have childcare and then everything fell to women and it's really yeah. difficult to do you know, to work and take care of kids. And, you know, when you don't have any help. So I think the more that everyone can realize that, like, we need to have a system that allows for people to have time off when they have kids or to have options for childcare and all of that, like, it just makes everybody's lives better. And I think it would help more women, you know, be able to, to do more of what they want if there were better childcare options. Yes, like, it's just, it's kind of crazy that, it's just been the way it's been and it's, you know, you get, you get your whatever weeks <laughs> yeah. for maternity leave and then it's like, well, you better be back here and men don't get any time. Like it's, you know, I think uh, it's really, I hope it's that this whole pandemic time has opened people's eyes to that a little bit more that like we need to, we need to be better fixed. about. We're seriously broken. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to segue us. I'm shifting us. I'm shifting us again. Not because I have so many things I would like to ask you guys about. And and I do want to talk about the fact, uh, anybody listening, uh, surprise, they're sisters. Um, (laughs) You probably have already gathered that, but just in case you didn't. Sisters, sisters. Okay, I I have a sister. We could not have been writing partners. Um, (laughs) Like even a little. But so here's my question to start off with. How are you guys managing this? Because, I mean, maybe you guys are just the best. Are you guys just the best? Do you guys just really love each other? (laughs) Or is there like, how is it working as siblings together on these projects? And go ahead. Go ahead and say it's wonderful. Go ahead. (laughs) 
I'm sorry when to they, tell you. Yeah, it's the worst. That we get along almost all the time. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing I think about writing Click. comedy with a sibling. <laughs> we have two other sisters. We have a brother. Lizzie and I are nine years apart almost. Um, so we oh. never had competitiveness between us. Like, mm. what would we be competing for? For much of my childhood, she was a literal baby. Would I have been like, why does she get to use the baby spoon? I want it. I just love small spoons. <laughs> Put me in the crib. I want like, right. what, what would happen there? But I do think growing up in the same family, you do have, so I think one of the things that might be hard and I'm just guessing between other comedy writing partners could be sort of a disagreement on what's funny Funny. generally or what your sensibility is what you like where your sort of moral boundaries are maybe on things like not moral like religious but just sort of like (laughs) are we going to do something really fucking dark and wild or do we like something a little lighter like all of that stuff I think can be maybe just genetically baked in but also like you sort of like were cooked in the same soup and so you both think certain parts of the soup are funny um, or whatever (laughs) but like so I think that takes away a, a potential obstacle so you can't really I mean you could we could split up and do different things later in life I could open a shop I don't know sure sure I could open sure. a shop you've always no wanted to open that shop any any minute now I could just decide to open a shop but just gonna like, shift from comedy writing yeah, to small is, business if you're related it's gonna be really hard to be like let's let this thing if something does come up between us because it's like we've been writing together for Jesus, like 15 years now, yeah. maybe. And so stuff comes up. Of course it does. But if you're related, you can't be like, you know what? I'll just ice them out and then uh, break yeah. up with them. And then we won't talk anymore. And I'll just go live my wonderful life with my shop where I sell, I think, octopus sort of like uh, tchotchkes. That's what I'm picturing here is yeah. that I have a yeah. whole this store just with that. Yeah. So I think there's that. But, you know, I think there's definitely gr- – like I'm the older sister. I think I can be <laughs> – you know, I can be too assertive, um, <laughs> due to my birth order, you know? So like, <laughs> that's a thing for sure. Sometimes I have to be like, shut up, shut up to myself because I just will go on and on. So there's definitely that, but I do think ultimately, you know, we pass drafts back and forth and I rarely would open anything. I don't, maybe never that Lizzie worked on. Like if she did act one of something and go like, what's this? Like, it's like, yes. oh, this is very close to something I might also choose to do here and I mean I'm assuming you know that it's kind of the same for her or we would have broken up as partners a long time ago <laughs> you know where we we can and also like I don't think we take it personally if the other person like changes a joke we're just like oh I changed that joke but if you really like your joke we can go back to that joke or whatever so I think it has been fairly functional <laughs> sorry to <Yeah>. report <laughs> but uh, I think if yeah. I worked well, with my okay. direct older sister who was only a year and a half older than me um. she is my boss I do whatever she says <laughs> If, even if she's like, do you want to go to lunch? I'm like, wherever you want to go, Jenny, it's fine with me. Like she's in charge of me a thousand percent. So that would have been harder because if she did something, I'd be like, oh, well, Jenny already did it. I can't judge this. So it's like, <laughs> I, I think birth this. order comes into play a little bit that we had such a massive gap that we didn't have those interpersonal conflicts growing up. Sorry, that was a long well, answer I, to, sh- to a short question. Don't worry. I'm going to have a separate interview with Lizzie. In which I'm going to really push and find out what Lizzie really thinks. Actually, so because you guys have worked together for so long and you come from the same soup, have you found there to be times where you're getting into sort of writing ruts, like where you're just telling the same joke sort of over and over in different ways? Is that a problem? Have you experienced that? And how do you kind of get out of that? I mean, 
I mean, I don't feel like I've ever felt that way. I mean, I, I think mm. more so than any writer might feel uh, at any point of like, oh, this, maybe this draft like isn't like feeling like our most exciting, our most inspired, like our, you know, I think every every yeah. writer might have those times where you're just feeling yeah. like, oh, I'm not good at writing right now. Or like, certainly there've been times, you know, just in a writer's room where you're like, oof, I am not funny today. Like, it's just not, <laughs> it's not working. And that's it. I think the good thing about having a writing partner too is like, I think at those times, then you're like, I did this thing. It's not like, I didn't put a lot of jokes in. It's not that great. Can like, you read it, you, you'll be able to punch it up and make it better. So I think it's, I think the nice thing about having two people <laughs> working together all the time is that I think when you have those times where you're like, ugh, this is, I'm yeah. garbage, hopefully, and usually the other person isn't, <laughs> isn't feeling that way right at that moment, too. Um, I'm sure there's been times we've both felt that way. But, um, you know, you have somebody to bounce stuff off of, and it's always easier to to read something you didn't directly write and then try to, like, you know, judge it up a little bit or whatever so I think it's that's been helpful for us is just to have that person to always sort of bounce something back and say like this is all I got today like yeah can you please fill in so I think that's been you know I think that's helped when we have those times so I think anyone who's writing like it's hard to feel like you're um I don't know Maybe some maybe some dudes feel like they're amazing all the time. Yeah, maybe they're guess. like, yes, another but, gym. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got the guys, guys. Um, the guys. So inspiration-wise, have been in really enjoying The Great North, your new show, and thinking in particular about Judy and inspiration for for not only her, that character, the teen of the family, but all the characters, where does, I mean, inspiration is hard to explain, but like maybe by inspiration, I really mean like memories of cripplingly embarrassing moments of your own life. Like, like I know that in my family, our lens has a dark filter. So when we remember things, my sister and I, like the things we find funny from our childhood, when we share that with others, we realize (laughs) we're not the same as other people. Like, well, you know, like that, oh, that wasn't what happened in your family? That wasn't funny? So, like, so when you're when you're creating these characters and giving them stories, how much do you pull from your own life? And follow-up question, do you guys, because your siblings, ever do the old, like, oh, I remember when my sister had this truly traumatically, horribly embarrassing thing happen to them. I'm just going to put this in the show. Surprise. And then you're like, whoa, you can't share that. Or, oh, yeah, that's funny. Like, do you, you, is it not only your own experiences, but do you just mercilessly pull from your own family's experiences? So there you go. (laughs) Big question. We do not do not do any... Memory pranks, which is what you're suggesting here. There's no memory pranks, which I think is like a whole, 
You have invented a whole new genre of like You're very welcome. subtle prank show oh. where you take yeah. someone else's memories, you put yeah. it into a fictional work, and then you surprise them with it. Right. I feel Ta-da. like because like, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher is past yeah. his punked phase, but yeah. we should all probably pitch him memory yeah. pranks. It's, it's a yeah. gentle show. Super subtle. It's yeah, very it's a gentle. gentle show. It's on IFC. It's yeah. just yeah. there. It's almost intellectual. It's almost like yeah. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like you don't Thank even you. tell them they'll be watching their own experience. You just sit them right. down and then you right. film them and that's part of the show. Yeah. It's just it's very complex. And they're watching it. Yeah. And they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, this that is... happened to me as a child. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's a very, I like what you're talking about here. This is you're a whole welcome. different thing. And I might do it to Lizzie somehow. Oh, very um, good. Very good. I, you're well you're I, welcome. I'll take my producer I credit think now. Bye. <laughs> that there's like a lot of things to mercilessly pull we did like I think you'll sometimes see a little touch of Molino history and things like one time our sister Maggie and she laughs about this and our mom kept the note actually she <gasps> ran away from home and by <laughs> run away she went and sat like on the curb this was when we lived in Indiana she sat in the front yard near the edge of the yard with yeah. like a bag I think <laughs> I think this is how it went down she probably has different memories I'm memory pranking her right now right who's, now who's the Ashton no, yeah. now it's me yeah but she wrote a note and the end of it was she, she told mom and dad she was leaving, that she was running away. And then her sign off was, I guess things, I can't even say it. I guess things just don't work out sometimes. Which is like a very, because she was probably five or six. Like, it's such a wise thing mm-hmm. to know and to say. And I hope she's carried it with her into life. But our mom kept the note because it was so like elderly of her to say that. Yeah. And uh, that I think... I think a touch of that might have gotten into Louise's note when she runs away from the Belcher family. But I, Lizzie, am I wrong? I feel like we talked about it in the room at least. So I think there's little funny yeah. things yeah. that we bring in. I think we've uh, several times talked about the fact our brother on one trip made himself a jar of algae. And we were like, it was a kind of trip where oh, like, yeah. we had to come back on a plane and stuff. And he like was so attached and it destroyed him that he had to leave a jar of algae behind. So I think there's more like these little weird touchstones from our childhood that we like to bring up or like in an upcoming great North uh, ham and moon put on coats and scare the family in them in these old fur coats. And we did have sometimes my mom had this thrift store fur coat she had gotten and I would put it on at birthdays and pretend to stab everyone. It was a whole, it was a weird thing where I would say I was a friendly bear and then I would pretend yeah. to stab everybody Nice as like a, their birthday surprise. And I would go, Oh no, I'm killing you. Like, which is such a like strange thing to do I guess but like when you're in the family that just seems like a normal in joke or whatever so we do have ham and moon like in so I think there's like hints and touches of things but maybe not because we don't work in sort of a more confessional or dramedy type show Mm -hmm. it doesn't get like so deep that someone would be like what the fuck why did you put my secret on national television like there's not I don't think there's a lot of that unless Lizzie and I I got my period right exactly I think it's little things. I think anything that's like a little bit deeper or more embarrassing for us is like something that happened to me or Wendy that we would then like put yeah, into yes. an episode. Oh, that's which... what I mean very specifically. By yeah, me. but I think yeah. that's more like, I think that's more like both Wendy and I being like, yeah. this happened to me in high school. It's fucking nuts. We should put yeah. it like, and I can look back on it and be like, that's. I that's wild that I thought this boy liked me but he like also had a boyfriend or what you know like not like I think we just take things from like our own life of like wow we were kind of clueless and maybe not the most 
popular cool. girls uh, ever <laughs> in school. But like, I think, I think a little bit of that did help form Judy. And I think it's like in a loving way, like we oh. love that girl. Cause I think a lot of people, I think most women were that girl in high school. I don't think most people were like, most, most people even were that person. Like there's, there's a rarefied group of like 15 people per school who truly had it fucking made in high school. And they're yes, like, right. this is my fucking time. I'm living I am now. really good at this. They probably yeah, like yeah. look through their yearbook at night still and are just like, oh yeah. man, oh, fuck. God. 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 I was, I was so fucking cool. I was yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. liked me. I was really popular. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. And me, I look back and I'm like, oh, look at me in my giant t-shirt being president of yeah. Thespian Club. That's right. Hey. Just living in right. my giant t-shirt. Giant t-shirt. That's right. I had a lot of giant t-shirts yeah, that was as well. Age, the 90s were an age of boxy yeah. cotton tees that you just oh, wore. Oh, very like, nice. So no one would make fun of your body. It was of a great time. It was a great time. Oh, but good times. That is good times. <laughs> I, I, I wore jams. And, uh, oh, yeah. Because, again, yeah, just a little difference. Uh, and uh, the jet, a lot of Benetton. But that made me a freak. <laughs> the Benetton. I was wearing Benetton, which had some style in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in the Deep South. So that meant oh, yeah. I was probably a lesbian. Um, <laughs> and as my mother said, maybe you should just let them think that. Ladies, I am so glad that you came on the show today. And I'm so glad that you guys are just out in the universe, like doing what you're doing. It is, it's important. It's kind of silly to say it, but it's actually really important work. And if I had been growing up, watching, you know, half of the shows that I watched and knew that they were by women, that the, it was women-run shows and, and, and women-led. It, it would have made me feel less like I had to be one of the boys to do anything that I did growing up. So you are doing really good work. And we didn't even get to get into the fact that at the very beginning of our conversation, you were talking about, like, boundaries and I'm like, Jesus, you guys have like, a, you have a lot of kids. There are no boundaries. Like everything <laughs> you're trying to balance right now on top of just there being kids in your house <laughs> is, which is like, that's like, it's impossible. That's an impossible thing to have. It's really. So good job. You guys are both doing a great job. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. And sorry yes. we did not discuss parenting at all. But oh, no, I know. Did you know this, this whole fucking podcast is about not about parenting, actually? Yes, I know. <laughs> right. but still, I feel like we just like. It's just like, how can I make this work with parenting today? In case somebody accidentally found this podcast and thought it would be helpful. So, guys, next time, Deadpool and children. That's what will be on the on yep. the list for, for next week. <laughs> next time we'll link everybody up to where they can find out more about you guys thank you so much for coming on thank yeah, you and thank thanks you for, for your cool podcast yeah <laughs> absolutely all right bye 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 One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. 
KiwiCo believes in the power of kids and that small lessons today can mean big world-changing ideas tomorrow. So they want to kickstart curiosity, creation, and innovation in kids right here, right now, in your house. Okay, I really want to talk about this thing I got for Oscar, my seven-year-old. It's like a little fold-up booklet that's like for creating your own monsters. Basically, you pick these little like parts of a monster to put together and you're tracing some of it and then you're choosing like a texture to put underneath the paper and rub your your crayon. And it's just endless amounts of enjoyment. I think it would be really great for like a car ride or just an activity to work on quietly at home. There is no telling what a KiwiCo kid can do. Kickstart curiosity, creation, and innovation in kids today and discover a brighter tomorrow. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at KiwiCo.com promo code BADMOTHER. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Hello, Teresa. Hello, Teresa. Hello, Teresa Thorne. Wow. Yeah, did you like that? That was a lot, and it I appreciate it. It had been yeah. bubbling up deep uh-huh. inside. I can and tell. I knew, I knew I had to sing. It needed I, to come out. Oh, it did. It came right out of my mouth. It just <laughs> like it came out like a three-year-old who drank too much milk and then was in a long car ride. It just came out. <laughs> Teresa, as always, it is wonderful to see you. You too. I want to just jump into it. Yeah. Genius me, Teresa. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Look, it's going to be hard for me to top (laughs) last week's episode. Where you pulled a chutney. I pulled a chutney. Yeah. By finding Chutney the pine cone on a hill covered in pine cones. <laughs> this week, my genius moment is much less special, but it's it is okay. it is a genius moment, and it is I have played the guitar again Ooh. a few times, a few times enough that my guitar is no longer caked in dust. Oh. I have tuned it. <laughs> I'm working on getting the calluses back on my yes. fingers. And it's really nice. I'm not worrying about how bad I am at it right now because it actually just feels really good to play. Yeah. Teresa, that is actually better than a chutney. In my humble opinion, I think <laughs> it's great. You pull out the dusty guitar and like first there's just like, marks 
from where yeah. you're disturbing the dust. And then yeah. you're like, how does dust even get there? And then how do I get it out? How do like I get it's that so out? on the frets under the stove. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it not was you, a whole thing. Something yeah. special you have to use to get under there. Like it's yeah. like a thin thing. Yeah. Well, I just think that is so I think that is so good. Teresa. Thank you. All right, my genius. The library that is very close to us that we love has reopened for curbside pickup as well as a couple of hours a day. You can go into the community room where they've pulled a couple couple of books that you can kind of walk and, and look at. The library, da-da-da-da, I love the library. Our library has this amazing thing called the Library of Things. And you can check out things like a computer or a sewing machine or a telescope. And I was like, I'm going to check out a telescope, you know? And it, it I, I did. And I went and picked it up and it was huge and it was awesome. And like Ellis is excited, Kat's excited, Stefan's excited, I'm excited. We got a telescope from the library. And that it is right? mind boggling and amazing <laughs> and great. Awesome. Yeah. And like it was so easy to set up. And wow. you know, it we looked at the moon, which yeah. you could see. Yeah. The moon. Yeah. In great detail. It was awesome. Wow. I love you, libraries. Hello, my favorite Biz and Teresa. I think that this is a genius, so it hasn't actually happened yet. So I think I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but here we go. So I finished work. I'm going to drive seven minutes to pick up an Elsa crown from my local buy nothing group for my toddler's third birthday next month. Then I come back, pick up my husband. The car is already loaded all the things that we'll need to bring our two-year-old and our one-year-old to my sister-in-law's house for dinner. Our car has the elbow potty. It has the packed diaper bag with snacks. It has bamba. We have applesauce pouches. I'm ready to go. And everything is going to go smoothly, and there are going to be no accidents. But if there is, it's okay. I have extra undies and a pair of pants. Now, if she has two accidents, we're screwed. But that's fine, right? <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Anyway, I'm ready. And everything's going to be great. Love you guys. Bye. I like that the genius here is such straightforward optimism. Yeah. I mean. And just like preparation. Yeah. Just having it together feels great. Yeah. Like even if all fails. Like if it all winds up to be the most unpleasant night in your (laughs) life. Yeah. You at least had everything pre- it won't be because you didn't have everything yeah. prepared what you needed yeah, yeah you have yeah. all that you needed that and i love i love that you started this with picking up the elsa crown from the buy yeah. nothing group i oh, mean those, that's the best great. that's a genius there too yeah you don't need a new elsa crown no one does no one does there are enough elsa crowns floating around yeah. out there yeah. That you can pick one up for free from a buy nothing group. Yeah. I Elsa anything. Elsa <laughs> anything. Gloves, dress? Yep. Nightgown? Slippers? Yes. Wig? Oh, yeah. Did you say brush? <laughs> you are doing a great job. <laughs> yes, you are. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck.
fail me, Teresa. Okay. <sighs> I did whatever the opposite is of pulling a chutney. Oh. And okay. I failed chutney personally because I used the wrong pronouns for chutney in the show last week. Teresa. While I was while I was telling that story, I was thinking in my mind, does Chutney use what pronouns does Chutney use? And I just went with she, her. And sure. I'll admit it, it's because of the pink the ponytail hair holder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. That's I, I'm t- I'm being honest. Like yeah, it's, thank you for being honest. It's, you know? Yeah. And then later that day when I was bragging to Grace about how famous Chutney was about to be because I yeah. talked about Chutney on my show and she was really and Grace was really excited and she said Chutney's pronouns are he him <laughs> and wow. I was like oh my god I'm so sorry okay yeah all right yeah. I'm so sorry then later I made the same mistake so it was like somewhere oh. in my brain I yeah. had like logged it wrong by that point oh yeah and the whole family was home, and she starts, she starts, uh, Grace starts yelling. She's like, why does everybody keep getting Chutney's pronouns wrong? And I said, I am so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I keep getting this wrong. And Oscar, <laughs> my seven-year-old, starts cracking up, and he says, it's funny because you're supposed to be the gender expert. <laughs> so he really stuck it to me. He stuck it to you. Did he pull out a copy of your book? And, like, hand it to you and say, it feels great to be yourself unless you're chutney. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I do, I'm joking, but I do apologize for using the wrong wrong pronouns pronouns. for chutney, whose pronouns are he, him. Well, I can see the bad job that you're doing. And I... Also, though, you you raised a few questions during that fail of, I don't know why I keep getting this wrong. And I don't know how I have filed it and, like, shifted it. It's a pine cone. How can I have assigned pronouns to a pine cone in my brain that's ingrained now in my brain in the wrong file? Your brain's been pretty busy lately. And I feel (laughs) like you should be given a little grace for pinecone pronouns yeah. in the massive the massive library of yes. things that you've got going yeah. on yeah. in your in your head right so well i don't know i guess i guess i did expect better from you right. teresa yes we all did mm. yep well we'll make sure that we clear that up on instagram where you can see a picture of the delightful Pinecone chutney. Okay, I borrowed a telescope from the library and I felt as good as I did just a couple of minutes ago when I was telling you about it as a genius. Everybody was excited. Ellis was very excited. I was trying to like give them things to do during the day on their own. Why don't you... Get out your constellation book. Why don't you get out some things to see what we can see? And when we couldn't see any of those things, and when you couldn't really like look through the telescope to see a constellation because it was like such a intense telescope, Ellis was very, very 
upset. It was not going according to the plan that they had in their mind. Mm. And like Stefan just just disappeared. (laughs) Fair enough. Like, oh, and we had decided to watch a movie before it so that it would be dark outside, right? And we had watched, uh, now I'm remembering this whole horrible night. First, we showed them (laughs) the new Star Trek movie of the series. Like, so from 2009, I think. And Ellis was way into it. And I thought, oh my gosh, Ellis is going to like Star Trek and I'm going to have a Star Trek buddy. And this is so exciting. And like, they keep going on and on and on about how great Star Trek is. And then for some strange reason, the last 15 minutes, Ellis is like, I hate this movie. Oh and like, God. nothing's changed. You're not, Nothing in the plot. It's not like it suddenly got, got weirdly tired more of it. Violent. It stopped being novel and interesting or something. I don't know. But now he hates it and he just kept shitting on my movie. And I <laughs> was so like, oh, I don't know why, but it really hurt my feelings. And then we go outside and he is super mad about the universe not being able to be viewed through this telescope. <laughs> and, you know, Stefan, like I said, just disappeared because. You know, everybody gets to disappear every once in a while. And I, it was so bad that Kat and I both said to each other at different times after Ellis was in bed, you did a really good job just keeping it calm. (laughs) Like, because Kat did such a good job staying calm as well. And Ellis also went to bed yelling, I am never going to stay up late again. Why would you let me stay up late that is the worst thing you can do. Oh, God. Good night. And I'm like, but you asked to stay up late in the movies. Ah! So I don't know. It was magical. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, I'm sorry you tried to do a fun yeah. and oh, oh, educational yeah. thing I will with never, your family. Never do that again. Ever. No fun, no education ever again. (laughs) Lesson learned. Hi, Biz and Teresa. Long time listener, first time caller, multiple, multiple time failer. I'm calling with a fail. I had to wade through all of the fails to get to this gem. My dog currently has something called hemorrhagic (laughs) gastroenteritis, which is not funny. Um, it's as horrible and disgusting as it sounds, and uh, I needed to take a sample of his diarrhea to the vet today. So I decided I would multitask and do that after I dropped the kids that take care of my one and three-year-old. And uh, I just, you know, went ahead and sent a bag of dog shit to daycare. Yeah. <laughs> Sent that in there along with the lunches and clothes. Yep. Anyway, my daycare woman is wonderful, and she doesn't judge me. I, <laughs> I judge me. I judge me a lot for that one. Anyway, you ladies are doing such a remarkable job uh, getting through this never-ending hellscape that we are all in together. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, love you. Love you both. Thanks for the show. Bye. This is, yeah, this is such a good fail. It's, I mean, so good. Yeah. You, 
Let's think about other things that have made it into the preschool. We've we've had a lot of laundry, a underwear. lot of underwear yeah. in yeah. the adult the, underwear. Yeah, adult. Yeah. Ad- yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. Adult yeah. underwear that gets stuck to some sort of laundry or in a pants yeah. leg of an extra spare pair of pants for children. Medicine. I, medicine. Yeah, inappropriate medicine. Like yeah. not your child's medicine getting taken in. But the moment you said, I thought I would multitask. Yeah. The first thing that came yeah. to my mind was lunches. This is, not only is it a great story for you to share for generations, your non-judging <laughs> preschool teacher is going yeah. to share that story. Oh, yeah. You, you've become a legend. Yeah, you have. In your That's families. so true. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> Well, yeah. I am sorry that your dog is having that problem right now because Ugh. that's a horrible thing for your dog and for you guys to live with. And I am sorry that you sent dog shit to preschool. So, I am I mean, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You're doing a horrible job trying to be president of everything. You are the greatest mom I've ever known I love you I love you when I have a problem I call you on the phone I love you I love you One Bad Mother is supported in part by Rothy's Rothy's comfortable, washable and sustainable shoes and bags make getting dressed easy now that school has returned in some shape and form, I have to leave the house, which inevitably means I have to put shoes on. Over the pandemic, got a pair of Rothy's flats. They are so comfortable. And bonus, they make me look like I put effort into what I put on to walk out of the house to take my kids to school. Rothy's has transformed nearly 100 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. And they're fully machine washable. So guys, check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com mother. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash mother. Mr. Robotman, what are you doing? I'm just taking one last look at my co-workers. Every journey comes to an end. Remember, Black, the space will be with you always. Sorry, who are you again? Master Kiarondo. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Just calling in. <laughs> Friendships will be tested. Die, you have to do it. You have to shoot Black. Okay. You shot him so fast. Destinies will be fulfilled. I've become a complete bird. I'm flying. I'm flying. On April 28th, the saga starts concluding. Guys, we don't have a choice. We have to put on a show. We can do it in the old barn. We've got the costumes. We've got a stage. We can do it, you guys. Mission to Zix, the final season on Maximum Fun. 
Max Fun Drive's almost here. It starts on Monday, May 3rd, ends on May 14th, and it's the best time to support the shows you love. Here are some folks like you sharing what Max Fun and our shows mean to them. Most importantly, it's meant community. And uh, yeah, just thanks for hanging out, making joke em ups, and making my week a little bit brighter. So thanks, Max Fun, for making me a better person and making sure that I'm surrounded by better people. Thanks again for all you do. Love supporting Max Fun and uh, keep it up. Come back Monday, May 3rd for more details from your favorite hosts. We'll have some of the best episodes of the year, special Max Fun Drive thank you gifts, and maybe a few surprises. That's Monday, May 3rd. Until then. Well, guys, it's that very special time in the show that I get to share with a very special someone named Teresa. And that's when we listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hey, Biz and Teresa, this is Amanda from Washington State, and this is a rant. It is a mouth-related rant, and I'm just, I have one child who is three, and from the day she was born, she could not keep things out of her mouth, and it's been a daily reminder of, get your fingers out your mouth, stop chewing on your nails, put that down that doesn't go in your mouth, stop eating that what is in your mouth, 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 get it out, get it out, get it out. And now I have a five-year-old who is losing a tooth who refuses to wiggle the tooth except with his tongue because his fingers don't fit in his mouth, he claims. And so not only am I reminding the three-year-old at least once a day, get out your mouth, leave your mouth alone, but now I'm reminding a five-year-old, hey, put your fingers in your mouth, wiggle your tooth. Hey, let me see your tooth. Open your mouth. Let me put my fingers in your mouth. You need to start putting your fingers in your mouth more often. And like, it just, I, it just, mouth. <laughs> so, uh, this was a no parenting book. No one said you, like, hear, <laughs> big warning, you might have a child who will uh, only want their fingers in their mouth always. And... Another warning, you might have a child who will fight you to put fingers in your mouth. And bigger warning, you might have both of these children in your house at the same time. So, yeah, that's my rant. Now, done with it. Man. You're doing a great job. And so am I. <laughs> Bye. This smells like a whole episode to me. <laughs> Confronting yeah, it is. It, does, it's, it sounds like an episode. Like, yeah. Conflicting that call sounded like an episode. Right? Yeah. 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 You just nailed all the things that Teresa and I could have talked about. This yeah. is like, you, you could have either titled this episode Mouth, and it's just all the weird things associated with the mouth, and like kids putting stuff in there, and mm-hmm. times when you need kids to stick stuff in there, and like all, all that. And we've already talked about how weird teeth are, and they just keep getting weirder as my yeah. children keep getting older. Yeah, teeth are really weird. They are really weird. But it's the core of this rant is the conflicting advice right. that you wind and up. And you're noticing it coming out of your ma- your mouth. Your mouth. Yeah. It's not All day advice long. from the internet. It's and a lot like- of times they're probably both there and it's probably yeah. starting to get pretty confusing. Mm-hmm. And now. For everyone. And, and they're going to hold on to this. And when mm-hmm. they get older, they're going to say, you let so-and-so. Get away with everything. 
they always got to stick their hands in their mouths. And the other one's going to be like, this is why little Tina smokes. Because of all this oral fixation that you had, mother. Right? Like, it's... It's so weird. And I will say, I have not had that particular thing happen in the house, but there are lots of times where my children, who I still, like you, am amazed are so different, totally different people, with different ways of processing information and walking through the world, how different my like guidance is to them in any yeah. particular situation. Like yeah. I, I might tell the oldest one thing that makes perfect sense but then i will have to follow it with we're never going to tell your brother that don't yeah. ever yeah <laughs> don't ever, don't ever. Yeah. guys there are no secrets in this house do not tell your brother <laughs> that you just got that nice thing i don't want to listen to screaming it is not going to make sense sense yeah it's not gonna... the way it's yeah. just not it's a different it's different yeah. it's too spicy yeah it's too spicy too spicy <laughs> <laughs> well listen i think you're doing actually a pretty great job yeah uh, staying on top of that and i mean yeah. call call back when you give the wrong advice to the wrong child because mm-hmm. that will be fair i mean that day is probably coming but until then you should know that you are doing an amazing job with the mouths in your house Teresa. as always it is such a pleasure to see you I look so forward to this special time that we get to share our biggest victories and our most horrible failures. Yeah, thank you. You're doing a you're doing a great job. Thanks, Biz. You're doing a great job too. Thank you. How about we do this again next week? Let's do it. Let's let's just do it. Let's do it. Come on. All right. All right. I will talk to you then. Okay. Bye. Bye. What did we learn today? We learned that memory pranking is a great idea for a show. I think that's the real takeaway. (laughs) Memory pranks, yeah. I think what I found so fascinating about talking with Lizzie and Wendy was that they are writing partners and sisters. And again, in that like larger vein that we discuss on the show all the time about Oh, I, I only sometimes think through the lens of my own experience. I, I love suddenly being reminded that there are so many other lenses out there that for them, that age difference between them made it made them have a totally different relationship than, than they might have had with one of their other siblings who were closer to them in age. And I, I, I really liked the idea of... You know, when you come from the same soup, I believe is how they described it. When you come from the same soup, it can actually help navigate creative content, which I just found that whole thing really fascinating. I also just really like talking to the two of them about their experiences in television as writers. It was just overall a really fun discussion with those two. I can't recommend The Great North enough. It's really, really funny. And I I said this earlier, I think if I had had them as role models in shows like that, as women writers, 
it would have helped me tremendously as a woman pursuing comedy to not feel like the door was just already going to be shut in my face beforehand. So hooray to role models, be they female, male, or neither. It's important. You Sometimes maybe you don't know that what you're doing is important or has an impact, but it, it really probably does. So go out there and toot your own horn, everybody. Guys, little announcement, little business to take care of. Next week, the Max Fund Drive begins. What is the Max Fund Drive? What does that mean? How does that impact me? Will these be the most boring episodes ever known to man? No, they won't. Gabe is so good. Gabe has gotten us a lot of fun gas. We are even going to have a celebrity. <laughs> How exciting is that? So make sure that you tune in over the next two weeks. And there's so many cool new gifts for members of the Max Fun family. You can support at a variety of levels. Just to remind you guys, we are a listener-supported show. We are able to make this show because listeners like you step up and say, I like this content. I like this show. I'm grateful it's out in the world and I want to keep it out in the world. And so I am going to financially support it. And there are so many different ways to do that. So tune in over the next couple of weeks. We have a lot of fun things planned. A couple of appearances by Chutney. It's definitely the year of celebrating cake parenting so much, so much. And until then, let me remind you that you are podcast supported. I'm listener supported and you're podcast supported. You guys are amazing. And everything is still not normal. It's just weird and different everywhere. That doesn't make things any easier. You're all incredible. And you're doing an amazing job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues, got to low down mama blues, you know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.